and welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for TV and movie lovers. I'm your lady host, Sonia Stanger, and I'm joined as always by my hilarious co-hosts, a man I'm certain could survive in the jungle for 26 years, Jeremy Laguie, and someone I'd hire in a heartbeat to host a kid's show in old lady drag, it's Sean Dunham. Mm. Hi, boys. Hi. You know, I, I would really like to do that. That's a great idea. Yeah, bo- You'd be great. Both of those s- seem incredibly accurate. And I <laughs> right? think, Sonia, you could run a, a club of the night for any group of folk who needed one. So uh-huh. I think that that's quite astute, actually. <laughs> that is. Jeremy, are you, an, are you an alien? A club of the night? <laughs> I'm trying to class it up here. <laughs> We've Come all on. lost track of reality. Um... <laughs> As longtime listeners will know, we have an annual tradition here at Spoiler Alert. Our take on March Madness, where we spend the whole month watching the films of one iconic actor. After two very exciting previous tournaments featuring the work of Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks, this year we decided to go with one of the most beloved actors and comedians ever, Robin Williams. And we're calling it Robin Sanity. (laughs) <laughs> For every week in March, the three of us will each choose a film and then score them all on the Robin rendition rubric. They'll be judged on five categories, characterization, voice, physicality, tension and emotion, and style points. And this week, we're kicking it off with three absolutely classic movies for our comedy category, Jumanji, Mrs. Doubtfire, and The Birdcage. So, boys, shall we dive right in? Oh, we have three strong contenders today. Yeah. Strong contenders. This this is the most madness I've been in in March (laughs) uh, since we've started this. Wow. That's tough because there were some some Meryl ones that were tough. That's true. Oh, this is complete Robin sanity. Yes, it is. It is. And I'm now concerned moving forward. Mm, So that's fair. We'll see what happens. All right. Should we start with Jumanji? Yeah. Last. I forget, do we normally do a little synopsis, or do we just get right into our scoring? I think we can hit him uh, with the synopsis. Why not? Yeah. Okay, great. Whose pick was this? I forget. I didn't put that in my <laughs> yeah. document. That's, uh, I, that's, this would be my pick, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Um, Go for it. But I think you all know, but it's about an evil board game that calls to children with uh, pounding drums, and then when mm. you play... You get sucked into it, basically, and you have to finish the game. And every move you make, a new nightmare from the jungle returns or comes <laughs> into into your life and you have to deal with it. And they all stay until the game ends. And then it all goes back to normal, which we'll get to at the end because it is a mm-hmm. psychotic ending that I did not, <laughs> that I completely forgot about. Yeah, me oh. too. Oh, man. Uh, we should also have a small asterisk here. That while Jeremy will freak out about the new current Jumanjis, they are not a part of the scoring uh, no. moving forward. Yeah. Dwayne The Rock Johnson's performance is not uh, a part of the rubric. Is no, Sorry, is don't. it good freaking out or bad freaking out? Uh, I'm not even sure at this point. Okay. Yeah. I haven't I, yeah. seen any of them. Okay. We don't recognize uh, them. Yeah, no. But uh, I think it was worth mentioning. Okay. We'll wait yeah. for Miss Doubtfire 2 to come out. But, uh, <laughs> also starring The Rock. he would be great um yeah the scoring is based purely on robin's performance not on necessarily the film as a whole which i would say is great news for the birdcage but we'll get to that um (laughs) okay so should we just go around and do our scores then 
Let's, yeah, let's, go, let's go through it. Okay, so characterization. So basically, how fully formed is Alan Parrish, as played by Robin Williams? Sean? I give him a seven. Um, <laughs> do I... Do I believe this Judge. man has lived for 26 years in the jungle? No, I do not. Not a bit. Um, <laughs> but there is, he's obviously still great. There's a reason why Robin Williams is given so many childlike roles. He's mm-hmm. really good at them. Yeah. And like, I think we'll find during this month that he plays either a, a child at heart or a man transformed into a child or a man who thinks he's a child. Like it's all, <laughs> yeah. it's all a little bit along those lines. Anyway, uh, so I'm sorry. I give him a seven. Yeah, and don't worry, Sonia. We all know we know Sean scores low. I forgot. Been, I forgot, yeah, and always, then I just remembered in that moment. Yeah, um, I gave him a ten, and I feel like for me, characterization this month will be about how much Williamsness is able to sort of shine through. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are moments where it does happen, like it, like you, like you do see his like contribution as opposed to him just playing a character mm-hmm. I, I other actors i would say have like there's like a jim carreyness thing mm. right like that that mm-hmm. you only get from that individual but um i still think 10 here and i did wrestle with it but uh i think that so much of it is playing off of fictional animals mm. that's fair <laughs> so I, I give it a 10 Guys, okay, so the other side of Sean's low scoring is mm-hmm. my extremely high scoring. <laughs> I also forgot that that's a thing. Um, I gave him a 12. <laughs> Just because I feel like he really does capture the like vulnerability of a child who mm-hmm. then consequently went through the trauma of being transported to the jungle. And like even his like his anger and stuff, to me it just it makes sense, I guess. I'm mm-hmm. over justifying. Uh, no, I think that's I fine. If they all make sense in our in our on our scales, then I think we're yeah, good. internal validity is the key. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, As in a completely subjective competition. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. That has no consequences other than nope, our, yeah. our enjoyment. Um, okay, mm-hmm. voice. So you know, again, this is pretty self-explanatory. I was about to explain it, but <laughs> Sean, what did you give him for voice? The sounds coming from his voice box. <laughs> Uh, yes. I gave I gave eight. Uh, mm. There's not a lot for him to work with voice wise in this. Uh, mm. And honestly, should he have just been nonverbal? Like he <laughs> hasn't spoken in 26 years, but he jumped right in and just was like, "Hi, how are you? I'm Alan Barrett." Mm-hmm. I was maybe it, he talked to know. himself. Uh, I would I'm like sure to did. have seen a bit more like timeliness in his voice i mm. i did give him an 11 just because i think it's sort of a believable way the character would act but um i definitely would have been interested in something like more feral or you know, like you know like something a lot crazier like he could have gone cuckoo but way further with it yeah it could, then that would have been fine but uh yeah i gave him an, i gave him an 11 cool i gave him a so 10 I- Um, because (laughs) I feel like he, um, if you notice, he actually enunciates certain things the same way that the kid does. And so I don't know if that was the kid, like, matching him or just a coincidence because, you know, we mostly pronounce words the same. But I felt like there was a continuity there. So Mm. I gave him a 10. Um, Okay. Physicality, Sean. 
He is, I gave her 11. Um, he is doing stuff that Robin Williams doesn't usually do. He's running, he's jumping, he's swimming, mm-hmm. he's stunting, he's pretending he's sinking in quicksand mm-hmm. on a green screen floor or however they did that. Um, so he was put through the paces. I thought he kept up. Mm-hmm. I, I believed I believed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I too gave him an 11. Uh, I I never sort of realized how it's kind of an action movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know why I didn't consider that, but it it there's a lot of running and stunts and whatnot. Um, I really appreciate the scene with the hazardous plants, where he knows what to, like he's the expert trying to get them to like hold still. Um, and I did appreciate. I it made me laugh. Yeah. So an eleven. Eleven. I I also mm-hmm. gave it an eleven. So we're all in sync for this one, um, mm-hmm. because yeah, like he literally fights a crocodile. Um, he's in the yeah. water with crocodiles. He's in mm-hmm. the water with crocodiles, and some good some good face acting as well. I would say. Oh yeah. Which I mean, that's Robin for you, but it's true. Yeah. Um, tension and emotion, and this um, includes humor, which is kind of under the umbrella. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave a 13 all, almost because of the scene where he's running through the house yelling like, I'm home! And then his face falls and he turns from joy to sadness very quickly. Um, also, as an aside, it is very misleading of that homeless man to say, oh, I see your parents all the time at this address and when he goes there, it's a cemetery. That yeah, was that's rude. rude. That's not that what you rude. do to someone. Um, and also his scene with the monkey boy when he was like angry at him and then he like, and then he realized that he is like, I'm being a complete jerk and I'm being, and I have not, I've been unloved for the past like 30 years. Uh, I like, I really like that scene as well. Yeah. I uh, agree. I, al- I also gave it a 13, Sean. Um, I was going to give it a lower score and Spoiler alert, the movie ends with this, like, time vortex, mm-hmm. is what I'm going to call it. And we're transported back to when they started playing the game. And I found the scene with the kid and the dad actually much more moving than I had in the past. And I think the only way that works is from Robin's setup. Mm. Because, like, to load those emotions on, maybe I just didn't get it when I was younger watching it. But this time I was like, like, you know... That's a a pretty profound thing for, like, a kid to have experienced and then, like, you know, be able to forgive and connect with his dad. But he's uh, not a kid. He's 45 years old. Is he, though? Stuck that in that happen, boy's Sean? body. Well, Did I guess we'll, ta- we'll talk about this after, probably. It was all just a dream. Maybe. No. I have no, questions no. about that, though, because him and Bonnie Hunt, no. Okay, let's just get into this for a second. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what happens is Jumanji becomes a vital weapon in the time-space continuum because the, you find out when they complete the game, Robin Williams uh, wins after three rolls also, which is ridiculous for a game. Yeah, anyway, that's, yeah, that's a horrible game, yeah. Then all of, the, all of the events from the past 26 years are undone. They're transported back to being children when they started playing the game. So technically, they could start another game right after that Live for another 60 years, finish the game, 
they are transported back to that moment again. They could live forever mm-hmm. with this Jumanji game. Uh, it would be stressful, but... Yeah, it's true. Can I explain to you how I figured this out? Yes. What we don't realize is that we're watching a prequel to a movie called Inception. Oh. oh. And, and this, is, this is an early form of shared dreaming. Is what we're seeing. No, yeah, so it's those, gotta be. What else can it be? Those pieces they used were those to- were totems. Totems. That's, that's what it is. That's what I it understand. Is. Okay, you can but continue with that. But I think it's that. weird because <laughs> then they are then they relive their entire lives with full adult yeah, no, it, maturity. It, it, yeah, it makes no sense. The sequels and, cha- don't and changing it. events as they wish. Mm, that's yeah, true. as yeah, they please. The sequels, the sequels <laughs> don't uh, you know don't don't resolve this at all either. Um, mm. But you're correct. The, the U.S. government should be using Jumanji to resolve countless issues. It's a weapon. Uh, it's a brutal weapon. It's a it's a weapon. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to speed so us much. along a tiny bit here. Um, yeah, sorry. I gave it no, no. That was an important uh, diversion. Uh, I gave it a ten for tension and emotion. Mm. I feel like there could be a bit more range there. It's mostly the movie itself. Like that's not necessarily yeah, Robin. But um, yeah, the part with Peter is really cute when he's like. 26 years in the jungle, and I still became my father. That one does get me. I will That's say a good that. one. Um, okay, style points. Sean? I gave eight. Um, could other people have done this role? I believe yes. But mm-hmm. he did great. He he gave his great stamp on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave it a nine. I feel the same way. Uh, again, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to sort of picture other things that we've selected without him. But mm-hmm. uh, this easily could have been Tom Hanks, which is <laughs> yeah, uh, a, hard, a hard thing to say. But I mean, we've we've all seen Cloud Atlas, and we know what he's capable of. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> which we didn't even talk about for our series. I don't think. No, um, yeah, I forbid it. Yeah, I also I also gave it a nine for the same reasons that you guys said. Um, you know, there's there's some signature Robin there, but it's not it's not the most signature Robin. So. With that, okay, mm-hmm. I will do some totaling of our scores, and we will review all of the scores at the end of the episode. But now, shall we go to Mrs. Doubtfire, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that, was that my pick? I can't. That was remember. your pick. Okay, good. I thought so, but uh, uh, so as we all know, uh, it's it's hard to find someone of our uh, age range who has not seen or heard about Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, but there's there's a few, such as my wife. Um, what? Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Uh, she's lived a sheltered childhood, you guys. Uh, oh. m- uh, Mrs. Doubtfire is, of course, based off the 1987 novel Madame Doubtfire, mm-hmm. which follows the exact plot of the film. Uh, it's really hard to sort of consider what it is, thinking that it was not written for Robin Williams, but yeah. that's what I was trying to find, and mm. that's not the case. Um, but uh, it's a 1993 uh, Chris Columbus movie, so you know it's already going to hit home. Uh, Sally Field and Pierce Brosnan are in it. Uh, it is essentially about a man who becomes divorced from his wife, who in an effort to see his children, dresses up as an elderly woman named Mrs. Doubtfire and pretends to be her so that he can spend time with his kids. Um, obviously, everything falls apart. Uh, he's an actor and voice actor, so he's got all the necessary skills. And is is Harvey Firestein his brother? Is that yeah. the yeah? I I never picked up on that ever. Like I just never. That's so funny. <laughs> how did you, how he did literally you like they get a phone call from their mom. 
He's I like, Ma, even, we gotta I, go. I How did you think yeah, that they, I, those two characters entered this, the frame? They, I they're just know. like, oh, these random, these random makeup artists are, are here now. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I don't know. They worked, you know, he's an actor. He would, yeah. he would have dealt with people like that at some point. I'm not That's sure. True. Anyway, but, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's so crazy mm-hmm. how well I, it holds up. Mm-hmm. And I am constantly blown away by the makeup. Mm, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how good. they nailed it so hard in 93. And we've seen things worse since. Like, I just, oh, yeah. it blows. Like, like there the was a few has... weird things. But honestly, yeah, the hair and yeah. makeup, I was like, this looks great. Yeah. He has to be working on, uh, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now. Whoever did, he or she, whoever did that makeup is now with Marvel getting bajillions of dollars to make Vision's face or something. I hope so. Um, yeah, because <laughs> it's just so, it's just kind of crazy. Um, so that's, in a nutshell, what Mrs. Doubtfire is about. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it, please do. Uh, treat yourself, dare I say. I will say, sorry, it, yeah, it, is, it is an exceptionally stressful movie to watch. Oh, during it the is. supper scene, I had to play on my phone. I was feeling very awkward. <laughs> I think we talk uh, about this every time we talk about Mrs. Doubtfire, but it's just like, oh, the ruse of it all. And I think I've always felt that tension. I always feel so horrible when they get divorced. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just soul ripping for both of them. His life afterwards is just so depressing for a little while. Like, until he kind of gets it together. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's heartbreaking. That means so that Sally Field was doing all the hard lifting in that relationship. Exactly. She, uh, she uh, definitely was, and uh, not until he was able to dress up as a as an elderly British maid was he able to learn. Did he that find lesson. the power of cleanliness? Uh. <laughs> Except that part kind of doesn't make sense to me anymore because once he's gone is when she needs to get the housekeeper. So she's obviously too busy to be doing some of that man or domestic labor. Mm-hmm. So, like, what was he? That part is actually doesn't add up now that I think of it. I, well, it's, you know, I think you just get fed up. But I think the whole point was that, like, he was either working or not working. Mm. Yeah, right? she, like, you know, he gotten fired. She says she yeah. would come home after working all day and have to clean up and make and everything. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Sonia, I think we got to anyway. get to these scores. Yeah, we do. We do. We do. <laughs> um, characterization. Sean, go. I say 12. Because wow. I believe I believe that this was a real man with real motivations, however complicated and strange. Uh, and but lovable he is. Um, and he, uh, he just made me believe in this psychotic plan. Uh, mm-hmm. did I believe he really loved his kids and that he took me along with it? Yes. Um, and because he's a man that's obsessed with his kids. Yeah. Uh, okay. I gave it. I gave it a fifteen. Wow. Uh, it's my it's my first fifteen of the night. There will be two. Um. Wow. Yeah, uh, I gave it that, I think, purely for the scene where he is playing himself and Mrs. Doubtfire for the weird lady who's visiting, which I don't really understand. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, like that whole situation. But uh, it it's just so, like, he just switches so flawlessly. Mm-hmm. And I know that no real human person could function that way, but I just buy into it so hard. And uh, there's probably some nostalgia there. But, uh, yeah, that's how I feel. 
Well, yeah, that was a tornado. Uh, that was good. <laughs> it was. I gave it an 11 um, because I do think that, you know, he, he gets some extra points for um, playing two characters, basically. Um, there are, I feel like there are some moments where it's he's really just relying on his, like, zany Robin Williams-ness. Like, he's kind mm-hmm. of just being Robin Williams doing a bunch of voices. That's not necessarily his fault. Like, that is the role. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I I felt that there was a bit of that, like, just that reliance on, like, I'm Robin Williams and I'm wacky, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So voice, Sean. Now, for this, I gave a 15. Mm. Um, mostly because they specifically have five or six, like, opportunities or montages uh, designed for him to specifically do silly voices and characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're all good. They're all hysterical. Um, and even like at the very beginning when he's recording voices for that cartoon, he's doing all of them, which in no cartoon world do you, <laughs> do you have one person doing them all? Or maybe you do. I'm not sure. Anyway, it was, yeah. it was just you, it was just Robin showing off his extreme talents a lot. Mm-hmm. It was great. Uh, I gave it a 14 for a lot of the same reasons. Uh, again, I think the, the like subtlety of Mrs. Doubtfire talking to his ex-wife played by Sally Field. Like, it's just, like, the, like, the man has skills. Like, it's just crazy. It's so, it's so crazy. So, uh, yeah, a 14 for a lot of the same reasons shown. Yeah. So. 13 for a lot of the same reasons. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Are some of those impressions slightly problematic now? I mean, they were then too, but, like, they really <laughs> are now. Um, yes, but, you know, that's gonna happen. Uh, we'll also talk about that in terms of the birdcage. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, physicality, Sean. Uh, I gave a thirteen. Mm. Uh, and because honestly, some of the best parts of, co- of like some of the best comedic moments are when he breaks the physicality from being old lady to like a forty-year-old man. Uh, mm-hmm. They're so good, like when he's getting mugged or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. that's where a lot of the comedy for this resides for me yeah same um i gave physicality a 13 mm-hmm. um the point where his daughter finds him peeing standing up dressed as mrs doubtfire is still so shocking to me and like it just hits so hard that like i think it's the calmness and simplicity of what it is but uh it's surprising how a person standing there doing something can just look so incredibly unlike what he was pretending to be moments before. Uh, it's uh, it's crazy. Hmm. Sonny's giving it a two for sure. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I just am like, there is some complicated political stuff around that and bodies and yeah, very. transness, oh, frankly, just to put the word on it. But mm-hmm. that it's just, it's hard for me to get past that stuff. But that being said, I also gave it mm-hmm. a 13 for physicality because mm-hmm. there are some just absolutely incredible moments of physical comedy. Like when he accidentally lights his boobs on fire, like oh, it just class. it's just on and on and on. And anytime he's like struggling in and out of the suit, those two little Korean boys are laughing at him. It's just like it's peak comedy. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, tension and emotion, Sean. Um, I gave a 13. Uh, for the, the tears in the courtroom, mm. um, that really got to me. And also, honestly, the very real and intense fight that him and Sally Field have where they 
after the party when they essentially divorce or when they decide yeah. to break mm-hmm. up. It's like it's very it's very intense and very real. Um mm-hmm. and I thought it was just very well done. Mm. Yeah. And I well, I uh I gave it a twelve. Um also I just don't expect Robin Williams to be able to sort of go to bat against Sally Field. Like I feel like she is gonna be better. She yeah. was in the dramatic elements, certainly. Like they got her for a very specific reason. Um I really love Miss Doubtfire interacting with Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Yes. Which uh which which I think it's sort of like, it's just kind of mind blowing to me that he's that little. I he guess I guess he never was a big deal after James Bond. I don't know, like he didn't do a ton of stuff. No, but um, just the juxtaposition it gets me every time. Yeah, same. Um, yeah, I gave it a ten for tension and emotion. Um, I think that's maybe somewhat colored by my feelings about. Just how, like, manipulative and crappy it is. Like, I don't know. I don't think that mm-hmm. is 100% objective rating when I think about it. But it's what I gave. And so <laughs> we we have to take a break. But what we'll oh. do is we will take we will do our style points after the break um, when we are also talking about our third film. So we will be right back with more Robin Sanity here on Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. Tuned into the community. Welcome back to Spoiler Alert. We are going to get back to our Robin Sanity Comedies edition. But first, um, do you little chickadees know what time it is? It's uh, game time, people. Oh. Oh, for those who do not know, the game is where I spend, I think it was like only a few minutes this week, looking for a title related to our topic that these two have not seen. I tell them the title, they tell me what they think it's about, I tell them what it's really about, we all have a great time. Sean and Sonia, you guys ready to play the game? I'm ready. Yeah! I'm ready yes. Uh, so, um, as, as per usual, uh, the game is related to our theme, so all month long, the game will be Robin Williams themed, and further to that, uh, I will try my best to get it within the genre of thing that we are talking about. Mm. So today's uh, selection will be a comedy featuring Robin Williams. Okay. Uh, this week's title is, of course, The World According to Garp. I wrote the card that title Garp. again, The World According to Garp. Okay. Sean, do you want to yeah. go first? I shall. So I believe that this is a comedy film starring Robin Williams. Um, yes. And it is, I believe that he works for a shadowy organization. Um, Garp is an acronym for government agency of reptile procurement and they <laughs> go around they're a shadowy organization that goes to people's houses and steal their lizards and snakes and it's very funny <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> they do this <laughs> I don't know why they do this they have experiments to do on them and stuff but they're, yeah they're not releasing them back into the wild or anything no they just take them and they, and they fill a, a building full. Fun. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Of sorts. Um, okay. Thank you. I think the world according to Garp is actually an animated comedy film starring Robin uh-huh. Williams, in which he plays a golden carp, 
So Garp. Garp. It's just it's <laughs> Garp for sure. Under the sea, everyone gets a name that's sort of just an amalgam of what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's very wise, and um, the the children from the school's official will come and and ask him for wisdom, and then um, he tells a story to one particular small fish. This is. I just realized that I'm about to make this sound a lot like Finding Nemo, but it's not. It's not that. Um, one particular small fish that leads that fish to then go on this quest, and then Garp feels that it's his responsibility to go after and find this fish because he's the one who like put all these ideas in his head. Damn okay, it, Garp. thank you. <laughs> Damn it, dang uh, it. Uh, yeah. Okay, thank you. Um. I'm I'm happy to say that you're both wrong in every way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I have trouble with this movie. I watched it a long time ago. I went to a place called Blockbuster. Sorry, to rent say the that film. again. What? Yeah, it's called Blockbuster. Uh, it's a website now that you can buy into on the stock market. Um, does anyone but, uh, Does anyone want uh, to do that? <laughs> uh, the world, according to Garp, is is uh. Is um is is a a collection of things about a man's life. Garp, obviously played by Rob Robin Williams, and his interactions with uh, his wife to be and his mom. Uh, his mom is played by Glenn Close. Um, it's this very strange, like the starting scenes of it. Glenn Close plays a nurse who essentially rapes a dying soldier to become impregnated. Like it's yeah, Whoa. yeah that's the uh. Um, so that she could like have a baby with no father and all these different things. There's a lot of really weird stuff that happens. And I think it's kind of supposed to be kooky and fun. It is so unsettling to me, even when I watched it originally, that the things that I think are supposed to be really fun just make me so uncomfortable. And I think everyone's doing a good acting job. Um, John Lithgow and Glenn Close, both in it, both um nominated for best actor in supporting roles uh did not win and i really hate this movie mm. but i don't know if i should rewatch it now because i've heard so many people such as sonya's mom talk <laughs> about how good it is and all these people who like it and i just don't get it. like i just i don't know what happened it's just so strange do they delve into um, what caused glenn coast to name him garb Obviously, as the soldier is dying and brain damage, the only word he can say is garb. Oh, my God. Well, that's <laughs> like, not funny. Like, it's so nuts. Like, I just... Anyway, um, I think that if you're into something weird and crazy, uh, you should <laughs> check it out. I will end on Roger Ebert's final line of his review that says, All I can... <laughs> find myself to ask was what the hell is this about <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a fair question <laughs> there we go shout out Sonya thank you for playing the game thank, thank you yeah. Whew. that was a Crazy. slightly that was, that was a lot to take in I'll be honest it was, hard, it was hard for me it was hard for me too all right well let's 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 get a bit of a palate cleanser here and get back into a slash finish our rating of Mrs. Doubtfire um, oh, yeah. So we are on the style points category. Sean, may I have your score? I said 15 because literally who could have done this role? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Literally, I, 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 I gave it the like I, I gave it the exact same score because I don't think anyone else could have. He's got most actors have like one or two things, but I think Robin Williams has a few where it's like, how could anybody else have played Mrs. Doubtfire? And uh, I think that's what this is. I think Guys, anyone else what? doing it would have been would it just would have made this a middling movie. And yeah, he made I it agree. a classic. And that's yep. why I also gave it a fifteen. Wow, clean yeah. sweep. Yeah. The points he lost for voice <laughs> he made up for it. Just it. went, yeah. Style points. All right. That's fair. That was strong. That was a very strong showing for Mrs. Doubtfire. That's I'm mm-hmm. not gonna lie, gonna be tough to beat. Can so, I say something about that I yes. noticed this time? Is I remember when he sets up the supper that he orders uh, from mm-hmm. for takeout. I remember that supper looking so good and fancy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I watched him set it up this time, I was like, "This is three chili peppers arranged on a plate, uh, seemingly a half a cup of dip, and then like Random a fruit dip, salad." Yes. I was like, "This is the crappiest meal I have ever seen." And Sally Field looked at it like, <laughs> like it. Was the best thing she's ever seen. Mara Wilson yeah. was like, "Wow!" <laughs> yeah. And also, it cost him one hundred and thirty-five dollars in the nineties. <gasps> Not in the nineties. So, that was, wasn't that just like the salad? Like, wasn't that just the 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 the, the start or something? It looked like pasta to me. Like I don't. Know. Oh yeah, I think there was a little bit of a knot of spaghetti I, or something. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, All right. Go. Well, that leads us into our discussion of the third and final film of this evening, uh, my choice, which is The Birdcage. Um, now, this is a, a movie that I I sort of regret. I'm going to be upfront. I sort of regret choosing it just because for me it was a little fraught in a few ways. And it also, was, the ending, anyway. There was some fraughtness. Yes. There's some fraughtness. Yeah. Um, it has its very, very, very funny moments. It's it's about um, Robin Williams plays Armand Goldman, the owner of the Birdcage, an amazing uh, drag club in South Beach, Florida. Oh, um, that club looks so fun. It looks so fun. I, would, I was like, I, I want go. to go there. Um, yeah. And he is uh, partners with Nathan Lane, um, who plays... Just the most ridiculous human being ever yep. born. Yeah. Um, who is the star, Starina, the star of, of Armand's drag show. And just like a, just a wild human being. And basically, um, they find out that Armand's son, Val, is engaged to this young woman he met at college. And that her father is a Republican senator who is on the, like, Committee for American Morals or some something like that and Mm -hmm. is is up for re-election and that she has told her parents uh that his that val has straight parents uh and the dad is a the greek the attache to greece whatever that means (laughs) and so i would say quite heartlessly val uh forces his dad to go back into the closet for the evening so that he Mm -hmm. can meet these republican parents and basically everything that yeah they're they're awful children they're idiots and they're rude. They are. And everything that can go wrong does pretty much. Um, mm. Hank Azaria in Brownface plays their Guatemalan maid, uh, Agador. Um, Christine Bransky plays Val's um, biological mother, who he hasn't seen in 20 years, who 
agrees in a heartbeat to come pretend to be his mom. Um, and she's a breath Dean of Hackman fresh plays a Republican this. dad. It's it's a wild. Honestly, it's a wild, wild ride. Um, I'm curious what you guys thought, but maybe we should just get right into the scores. Um, so for characterization of Armand Goldman, Sean, what is your score? Um, I gave it 11, actually. I Ooh. kind of liked his character as this sort of long-suffering, like, constantly putting out small fires sort of director type like you can you just know the type of person he is he's like overstressed and overstretched and that's like kind of the way he likes to live every like all the time that's i i I didn't mind armand actually uh i i too liked the sort of flow that he had where he you know between like the because armand is sort of three different people at times, and four if you count the way he acts when Gene Hackman comes for supper. Yeah, but um, uh, I, <laughs> when I Gene Hackman 12 comes as well. for supper is a good title. For that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess he's coming to dinner. It's Gene Hackman. That's that's the next uh, uh, album from whatever emo band you want to. <laughs> um, I I feel like uh, well, I really like this movie, and it's really fun. It's actually better than I sort of remembered it. But they are all just caricatures. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no real human person here. Um, and that almost brought the score down. But I still, I think 12, because he is sort of commanding these different versions of this human. Um, when he's trying to teach Nathan Lane <laughs> to act butch or whatever, like, whatever that is. It's, they're so good. It's so they're so funny. funny. And um, the whole thing, like, it's based on, a, it's a play, mm-hmm. of, and a the remake of another flood. film. Yeah. And, like, it's such a play, right? Like, it's, mm. like, it, like the whole thing just reeks of it. But yeah. um, it's crazy fun. And, and it's a uh, musical. His characterization. And will I, oh, is it? will I play one of these characters in my future? Maybe. I hope Probably. so. <laughs> I hope so, Sean. Um, what about I, you, I gave it a 10 for characterization. Um... I think I have this thing, you guys, where likability affects my ratings, and I have to try. Well, maybe I should oh, just yeah. let that be what it is so that it's consistent, but yeah. he, the way he treats Nathan Lane's character mm-hmm. is honestly quite awful. Like, I, Nathan Lane, I can't remember his character's name. Me neither. He is, he, Albert, I think. Yeah. He is insufferable. Like, he is, I w- if I were to diagnose him, which I am not qualified to do, he, I would say that he has histrionic personality disorder. Um, that's a whole thing, but, but Armand is so dismissive of him. He's cruel. He's like, yeah. he plays mind games and I, I get it. But also for me, it, it took, it took him down a bit, you know? Yeah. I will say that Albert's no treat, um, Albert's no to, treat. to Armand either, but yeah, the, yeah. The, there's, they got some problems there that they should yeah, oh, there's yeah. some, some stuff. Um, okay. So voice, Sean. Um, I gave a nine. Um, I liked Ro- that Robin doesn't really lean into stereotypes that much. Uh, Nathan Lane is mm-hmm. doing that for the entire cast. Yep. Um, as he's like literally shrieking and like holding a dog. Um, yeah. but he is very measured and chooses his words carefully, like a lot of times. And then it makes us so much better when he has like, when he snaps and like pops off on people. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I love when he's playing the straight part and he's just like, how about them dolphins? Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I, I gave him a 12. I do think, like, 
he does sound an awful lot like like Robin Williams, but not quite. Mm-hmm. Like it's very it's very subtle, which is quite hard, especially against uh, Hank Azaria's performance and Nathan Lane's. Um, but uh, it still it works for me. Like it's still it's still you know he's he's calculating what to be, mm-hmm. and I think it worked. Yeah, I gave him an 11 for a lot of the same reasons. I do think, yeah, he brought a certain, like, softness to the voice and a very specific kind of articulation that then he was able to change when he was code-switching to seem straight, um, which I thought was quite well done. Um, Mm -hmm. Sean, physicality. I gave a 12 for this. Um, Just because, because it's a madcap play, essentially, Robin is running, tripping, dancing, like, he's basically mm-hmm. Mr. Body and Clue. Like, he is just, like, frantic, manic, running, running, running. Um, the the part that sticks out to me the most that I remember from when I first saw was him doing the, like, Fosse, 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 Martha Graham, Martha yeah. Graham, <laughs> Michael Kidd, Michael Kidd. It's so good. It's, mm-hmm. like, a very good sequence, very physical, and he just is so good. Yeah. Um, I, I gave the physicality uh, a 12. Um, I think... Like, there's a lot of moments that show off the sort of, like, slapstickiness of the whole thing. And, like, to have a scene where people are trying to figure out what's printed on a bowl. Yeah. And, like, have them, like, try and, like, run around. Or, like, try and getting ice, like, out to everyone to sort of, like, keep them drinking and everything. Um, is just really fun and crazy. And, uh, he's really, like, working. Like, he's, like, he's really moving and doing all the things he did in Jumanji. Maybe even better. But, um, yeah, no, it was great. Yeah, I also gave a 12 for physicality um, for some of the same reasons as voice, too. Like, I think there was a certain nuance to even, like, his gesturing and stuff that then, you know, when Val's like, you need to not gesture as much, like, it just felt very natural. But, again, Mm -hmm. it wasn't, like, too over-the-top and stereotypical and, like, you know, Mm limp-wristed, like, pinky out all the time like Nathan Lane was. <laughs> like Ms. Which, Lane. Also, I love Nathan Lane's performance. Like, it's insane, but I truly mm-hmm. love it. Um, but yeah. Um, tension and emotion, Sean. Um, I gave a 12. I was really touched by the speech that he gives to his asshole son um, that got him into this mess um, about just being like a middle-aged uh, gay slur redacted Um and it, it has, like, really a lot of power and emotion and pride. Uh, and I really, I think the, the parts where he is really solid and delivers, like, you know, real performances as to, like, who he is and even why he's doing this straight in the first place, which is because he's mm-hmm. also a good father. Mm-hmm. Uh, or because he loves his kid, even though his kid's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also gave it a 12. I think playing the straight man haha um in the in this sort of situation uh it it just seems so impossible and he does it so well because even gene hackman's character is nuts right like he is like well i don't think anyone in this cast holds a candle to nathan lane in sort of the crazy department Mm -hmm. but um like just being able to sort of like not react and react you know in a in a way that like oh he's lived with this for years so he knows you know um it's just really great and those moments when it breaks are just so good 
and uh, we'll talk about it in the next the next category. But um, when when you see like the like Robin Williams effect kick on, like mm-hmm. it's just so satisfying, and it works so well for the character. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I gave it um, a ten. Um... Because there are some some very moving moments, some very tense moments as well. Um, like there's quite a bit of tense. This movie also stressed me out quite a bit. Oh, yeah? <laughs> just the like, just the the whole thing of like, who, when will they find out? Like, how will this go wrong? Um, and yeah, I think also the the scene where um, Albert's like at a bus stop, like he's like going to a cemetery. It sort of seemed like he was threatening to kill himself to me, but I was confused that then he was just like sitting at the bus stop, but they're kind of there, his little speech about how like he is the one for him. And it was, it was kind of sweet. It's somewhat modulated the, the terribleness of the rest of their relationship. Um, style points, Sean. Um, I have a 13. Um, I just, well, first of all, I found him very handsome in this role. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what that if that has anything to do with style of points, but I'll just throw that in. Um, and I think that he gave this role a lot of heart into something that could be a lot more ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just, I appreciated that. Um, I gave him a, a 14. And a, a lot of it is, again, those moments where it sort of breaks. And like, I know that, you know, it's it's him sort of berating the person making the soup. Um, but it is kind of funny. And it is like a very Robin Williams, like, you know, like high energy to low. And like like the way he sort of like transitions. And uh, of course, the, the famous scene that Sean mentioned with the Madonna and, you know, all those catwalky things. Mm-hmm. But the end of it, he's like, but don't do it. You know, like yeah. giving direction. Uh, any point where he is engaged with people in the club, I think is really fun, especially at the end where he's like walking out with everyone. And, you know, like he just sort of embodies that place so well. Um, and uh, I think it would be difficult for anyone else to sort of pull off that those extremes. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I gave it a nine for style points. Um, partly that was the mustache, which I think is part of the attractiveness factor, Sean. Something about him with the mustache, it was very handsome to me. Um, I do think that there are other people who probably could have played this role. I don't think it would have been quite the same. And I think it is, it's so iconic with the two of them Mm. that it's kind of hard to imagine. But I do think other people probably could have done it. Like a Matthew Broderick so I, flying in or something? Um, I think, a, yeah, a Matthew Broderick, just a full-on producer really? sequel. Yeah, I <laughs> guess so. Great. All right, so are you guys ready to hear the total scores for the films? Wait, can I say? I, am, I don't. Can I say a few? One more thing is that yes, yes, I did not appreciate the scene where they set up. It was like a misdirect of them showing that he might sleep with this young man, but then you find out that it's actually a son. I thought there was zero payoff to that whole shtick. Yeah. But I don't know why. They like they really built that up for a long time. It was like this is dumb. <laughs> yeah, it was quite dumb and like it kind of nothing. And also my other gripe is the ending, how it literally just ends. Like they get out of the club, Gene Hackman and mm-hmm. his wife leave in drag, and then the um, movie's over. <laughs> no, they, it actually ends at the wedding where one side is full of oh, drag right. queens and one side is full of conservative people. And the one drag queen leans over to her friend and says, Bob Dole is 
gorgeous. And it's, I totally it forgot about that. It made me laugh so hard. <laughs> it's yeah, so okay, funny. I take it back. That was actually really funny. Uh, I, I think, well, just a note on the birdcage. And it's, I don't know what, if I'm just getting nostalgic and old. Like, I'm not sure if that's what's happening to me. But watching it now, there seems to be, like, a lot more lessons that are learned that people need to be aware of in 2021, which baffles me to no end. But I think the message of, like, like the power of being in someone else's perspective is so clear here. And, like, the fact that the thing that saves Gene Hackman is, the, like, the thing he fears the mm. most. Yeah. Uh, always sort of, like, kind, you know, kind of brings it home. And uh, I, I do wonder where this RuPaul cameo is, because I refuse to believe that they made this without that. But, um, yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I think people, like, need to watch things like that, like this, and understand why they're complicated or problematic. Mm. Because it is such, like, a, a generous way to learn about all these things. And, like, it's so good. So good. <laughs> yeah. Like... It's not as good as I remember it as the thing. Oh, really? It's interesting okay. that you guys loved it so much. I, I did enjoy yeah. a lot of it. I think the Hank Azaria bit really ruined it for me. Like, yeah, I just I mean, couldn't stop being grossed out by that. Because it's just like, God, he'll truly take any opportunity. Anyway. Um, but, okay, the one part I did truly, truly love before we move on to scores was also um, Nathan Lane's character pretending to be a woman. And then oh, pretending yeah. to, like her version of Republican talking points yeah. <laughs> like was <laughs> yeah. chef's kiss for me. I think the fetus should go down with the ship. Yeah, that was... <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh extremely, extremely hard. But, all right. What does what Gene Hackman say? Rush Limbaugh said that very oh, yeah. same thing. <laughs> so good. I was like, oh, timely. Um, very timely. <laughs> anyway. All right. Are you guys ready to hear the yeah. scores? Okay. Coming in at third place with 153 total points, Jumanji. Hashtag no one surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little surprised. I thought that one would get oh. second. Um, mm. Coming in in second with 171 total points is the birdcage. Mm. And mm. <laughs> exactly, and coming in first place with a staggering 199 points. Mm. Wow, this is Doubtfire. That's a record. That's off. maybe a record. <laughs> yeah. It might be a record. Honestly, we'll have to look at previous scores because that is quite high. Um, so <sighs> Mrs. Doubtfire moves on to the finale. Well, and that is actually all the time we have for today. Mm -hmm. I was getting ready to stall, but actually, that's the no, word no we're done. Stall. <laughs> yep. So next week we are talking dramas. So get your tissues out for that conversation, mm -hmm. um, and we will see you then. That's all the time we have for this week. I would like to give a shout out to Saskatoon's The Garys for the use of our theme song Manituna. My co-hosts Sean and Jeremy, everyone at CJTR, and to you, our sweet, sweet listeners, for lending us your ears. The show's broadcast Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Thursdays at noon, and we're available as a podcast on CJTR's website and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Stay safe and have a great week. Bye. Bye. See ya.